Welcome to the Pastor to Pastor podcast, where we aim to bring content and discussions that will build up and hold up pastors and their families as they pursue the call of God in their lives and their ministries. We pray that this episode leaves you encouraged and equipped to thrive as a minister or pastor in the kingdom of God. Now, let's jump into today's episode. Hey guys, welcome to the Pastor to Pastor podcast. My name is Brad Livingston, and we exist to build up and hold up pastors and their families as they pursue the call of God in their lives and their ministries. And we are super pumped about our episode today, uh, written by uh, Pastor Dan Livingston, who is here with us as well. Great to be here. It's exciting. <laughs> yeah, so we're we're pumped uh, for another episode. And uh, Pastor has, Pastor Dan's written a blog uh, called God is For Us, and it's on our site right now at pastortopastor.life, so you can go read it. Um, and uh, just this basic idea that as a pastor, God is for you, and, and that's an important thing we need to understand. Amen. You know, um, just, you know, and, and pastor in general, you know, we often say, you know, you can have a hundred people for you and one negative word can come against you and you'll stay up all night for a week over that Ooh. one negative word and, and miss the hundred that was just behind you a hundred percent. And it's our natural instinct. Yeah, It's just something about that negative that can come up and just kind of own you. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's the attack of the enemy to pull us away and put more focus on really what we feel like the enemy's doing against us versus how much God's really for us. Yeah, absolutely. That's such a such a huge thing that we can know that uh, that God is for us. And, and you're right, man. It's so easy to get caught up thinking, believing, and feeling um, like like every the whole world is against us you you know (laughs) you and i have had this conversation you know just thinking about it where you know i in ministry i've had people come to me and go what people are saying okay well give me some names give give me some names so well you know i can't and when it comes down to it it's them yeah it's them they're they're really they've got an issue and there's not people is they're referring to and trying to make it bigger than what it is and mm-hmm. and start if you don't go in there and start asking and identifying uh, who all's behind this um, man you go home going why am I still here what's my purpose here yep. you know you let that one voice sound like a hundred when it's just one yeah that's so frustrating especially as a pastor because it's like you know it's like anything else like everything's so easy to critique. You know, and it's like when you feel like you're giving your life to everything and you are just putting in the work and you're trying and, and quite frankly, sometimes you're struggling and you're hurting and, and, and you're dealing, honestly, if we're all honest as pastors, we're dealing with our own insecurities. Do I even want to do this anymore? Should I be doing this anymore? Am I the guy anymore? Do I have what it takes? Did I ever have what, what it took did um you know uh, why is why is quote unquote why why is everyone leaving my church when you go through a season where two or three families quote unquote yeah. transition or leave or whatever word that they yeah <laughs> god's using. god's telling me to leave uh, yeah, yeah god's taking me to a new season or whatever and hey, sure uh, some signs, of those things happen yeah. but like you know at the end of the day sometimes it's because you didn't say enough or you said too much you didn't right. do enough or you did too much and it's like right. it's, it can be really really frustrating to feel like people are for you. Um, but knowing that God is for you, honestly, is one, if I if I were to be honest, I think I struggle with sometimes not believing that God is for me, but remembering it. Yeah. Well, if we can go to the scripture that we used in the blog, you know, in Romans 8, the one we all know so well, it, it says, so 
what should we say about this? If God be for us, who can be against us? He did not spare his own son, but gave him for us all. So with Jesus, God will surely give us all things. Who can accuse the people God has chosen? No one, because God is the one who makes them right. Who can, who can say that God's people are guilty? No one, because Christ Jesus died, but he was also raised from the dead, and now he is on God's right on the right hand of God, begging God for us. Can anything separate us from the love that Christ has for us? Can trouble or problems or suffering or hunger or nakedness or danger or violent death? As it is written in the scriptures, for we are in danger of death all the time. People think we are worth no more than sheep to be killed. But in all these things, we have full victory through God who showed his love for us. And how That's powerful, good. but I, I was thinking as I'm reading this, you know, you use Sunday in your message, a different scripture where the scripture says, uh, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. And yeah. how we always reverse the true understanding of that scripture. If you want to highlight on that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, we, 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 we reference John 14, 15, you know, it says, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments and, and how we I grew up reading that through the lens of like, if you love me, you better keep my commandments. You know, it was, the, it was this very aggressive, you know, uh, narrative that I felt like I was looking at God through. So if you love me, you better. Um, to prove to me that you love me, you better. And I think there's a lot of things in, in our past and how we view the world that causes us to see it that way. Part of it being that we all generally have to a degree, a pessimistic outlook on certain things. But so it's like, you better do this if, if you love me, you know, um, and, and it was a revelation uh, that honestly came from Pastor Chris Hodges right. uh, at Church of the Highlands where he said, you know, he, he highlighted the tone of that passage saying, you know, if you'll just love me, You'll keep You'll my keep commandments. And, and I see the same thing in this passage why yeah. I ask you to share that. If God be for us, who can be against us? And we immediately focus on the who's against me part. Mm, that's good, yeah. You know, we, we miss the message. We miss the whole truth of the message. And as pastors, man, we can put a list together who's against us like <laughs> immediately. And, and it's not always people. Sure. You know, obviously there, there will be people at times that will disagree with us, whatever, but what about that list of tiredness, exhaustion, weariness, loneliness, mm. isolation, abandonment, frustration, mm. fear, rejection, discouragement, even depression, that list, man, gets longer and longer every yeah. year. Who, what can be, against, if God before, what can be against me? And, and as ministry and ministers, we so often can immediately run to that list mm -hmm. of what's against us. And that was not what Paul was saying. Paul was saying, if God is for us, yeah, and we know he is, God is for us. Now, what effect can all these things have against us? Yeah. God's so for us. And in ministry, that has to be very intentional that we come back to that. Yeah. You know, because yeah. so easy to go and, and go home and day after day, night after night, lay in bed with all of these wars against our mind mm, and yeah. against our spirit of what's against me, what's against me, and overlook the fact that these things have no hold on me at all. Come on. Yeah. Because God is for me. He's the one that put his thumbprint on my life. Yeah. I, I see it as, you know, if we could, if, if, if you could go in and kind of, you know, we don't change scripture, but if you could go in and swap the word if out with the word since, since, absolutely. Since God is for me, 
You know, it's not, it's not even a question. It, you know, it's not really a question. It's a statement. Since God is for me, you know, who can be, who can be against us? Who can be against me? Um, and I would also change the word who to, to what, right. Since God is for me, what could be, you know, what could be against me? It doesn't, it doesn't have to hold power. It doesn't have to hold weight. It doesn't, you know, those things don't have to destroy me, but yeah. No. And, and, you know, when we come back to that is, you know, we're, we're the children of God, you know, I'm a father mm-hmm. and you know, there's one thing that, it, that I'm going to protect my children and whatever means necessary, I'm going to make sure my children are okay. And at times I think as pastors, we, we, we acknowledge we're servants, we're called, we're pastors and we base our identity or our value, our worth or our success on what we're called to do, mm. not who we're called to be. Wow. You know, we're called to be the sons of God. Mm. And when we understand that, then then I can really grab hold of this scripture. If my God yeah. is for me, mm-hmm. what, who yeah. can be against me? There's nothing yeah. out there that can have that type of stronghold on my life. Yeah, and uh, so and, and if I allow that to happen, I have to choose to do that. Yeah. And I've been guilty. Mm. Every pastor worth his salt's been guilty, mm, yeah. you know. But we have to come back that I have a heavenly Father in heaven who chose me in a sovereign act of His deity to be a pastor, to be a leader of His mm. people. Somewhere He saw more in me than I see in me. Yeah, and He knows that He'll not allow any more to come upon me than I can bear. And I've had that conversation with God more times than I can count. Uh, well, God, you see more of me than I do, yeah. or you miss this one, you know, yeah. but he didn't miss it. Yeah. You know, uh, these things come to develop us or destroy us. And we let that choice be made, Yeah, you know, and if I look at the thing or the people that have come against me, it will destroy me. But if I look at the God who's called me and who's covering me and who's mm. protecting me, who's going to walk me through this storm, no, wep- no weapon formed against us will ever prosper. That's good. That's so good. That's so good. I think there's two things that stand out to me in that. And the first one that you said is just so good. It's about sonship. And man, how how often do we underestimate who we are to God? You know, it's so easy to take on a God complex while you're a pastor yeah to, to try to play god and be god and uh you know not that we not that we do it intentionally or not even that we want that it just becomes so easy to think that god needs us and to not realize how much we just need god like and uh but because we're sons you know we're, we we have access to the father he's he's there and and how much we shoulder and place on ourselves that you know, if we would realize like, we're just, like you said, we're, we're sons and, and we don't need, we don't have to lose our minds. We don't have to lose heart. We don't have to lose hope, you know, because if, if our father is for us and he's the one that's in charge then it doesn't, then, then the rest is just the rest. And, and I think part of it also goes back to feeling that, um, people are against us when sometimes they're just not right. I think a lot of it has to do with the circumstances and, and the pain of departure that we deal with as pastors. You, when you, you give your life to someone, you do everything you can for them. You show up, you go to the hospital, you're there when their kid is born, you dedicate the baby, you marry their oldest daughter, you do the thing. And then they wake up one day and they're like, I think we're going to go somewhere else. And, um, 
you know, and, and just the, the pain of that departure yeah. um, really can set in. And the reason I say all of that is whether it's people departing or, you know, people leaving your church or people leaving your social group or, or people that didn't leave, but the relationship's just not the same, right. you know, or it's like, maybe they're still there on Sundays, but you, that you used to be close, you know, they used to invite you to their birthday parties, but they don't do that anymore. And, and some of those things, you know, I think sometimes we see that as we'll label that as, man, I'm just under this attack right now. And it's like, well, I don't think that's the attack. You might be going through mental struggle because these things are happening, but I don't think anything's against you right now other than maybe your your own mind. Right. You know, now sometimes there are, don't get me wrong, sure. but I think sometimes I'm maybe and maybe I'm just talking about my own personal life that I deal with with the you know, I deal with the pain of departure a lot. Um, and that's that I'm, I'm watching people and some of them come and go from my life. And it's easy for me to get in really dark, really low places when I'm in a season where people depart. And, and it seems as if people depart in waves. So yeah. it's like, it's not like one person a month. It's like, or one person a year, even it feels like it's four people at a time, you know, six families at a time, you know, and not that our church is like in a catastrophe where people are leaving constantly. I just mean like when it does happen, right. it feels like it's overwhelming and it feels like the blows keep coming. Yeah. And it feels like, you know, if someone leaves, it's, it's at the same time, three other people are, or whatever. And again, maybe not from your church, but from your life or whatever. And I say all that to say is, you know, sometimes we can feel like people are against us, but that might not be the case. Right. It might just be, whatever it's you know seasons are changing you know they are in a season of transition and sometimes people use that language and it gets on my nerves but at the end of the day it it, it may have nothing to do with you and you know, i was talking with my counselor not too long ago and one of the things he highlighted i was i was talking to him about this exact thing i was talking about departure and feeling like people were against me um and as i was talking with him about that one of the things he brought up um is I was talking to him about a situation. He's like, but you didn't do anything wrong. They just left. Mm -hmm. And it was like, I, I said, say that again. <laughs> and he said, you didn't do anything wrong. They just left. Yeah. And it was like a <sighs> right moment. Like I didn't do anything wrong, but how often are we trying to figure out how we can undo or redo or, and it's like, you didn't do anything wrong. Like, even if it, let's say God did move them into a new season or whatever, it's like, it doesn't mean you did anything wrong. Sometimes I can do things wrong. I'm more than willing to accept that. But, you know, sometimes it's like, you didn't do anything wrong. Yeah. They just left. Yeah. You know, we often hear the truth. You know, there's people that God brings in our life to be long-term. And there's some mm -hmm. people that God brings in that are seasonal. Yeah. And they're going to be there for a season. When, when you became lead pastor five years ago, um, there were some people that immediately left, mm -hmm. but they didn't leave mad. They didn't leave angry. They didn't fight the church. They didn't go talk negative. It was different leadership. Yeah. And even though they loved you and some of those people, we, we still go out to eat with, we, you know, they're just, they weren't going where you were going. So it's better for them to go and be in another church where they can go where that pastor's going than yeah. to be here and not accept the changes that were being made to get where we are today. And obviously it was the right move for the, where we see the churches today, Yeah, you know? And, um, and then over time, 
Uh, I love what Scott Thomas told you. <laughs> Pastor Scott, you know, when you started, you know, when we first, you took over and, and you saw some people leaving and as a new pastor, it's like, you know, oh, they're leaving. And he, he contacted and he said, uh, Pastor Dan, tell Pastor Brad, People's been leaving my church from the first since the first Sunday we started. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, you know, but it still hurts. It still hurts. It still hurts. It still makes you ask questions. Nobody wants to see people walk away. Yeah. But as long as they're serving God and they're not out negative or talking negative, yeah. you know, um, it's just part of ministry, man. Ministry is painful. Yeah. And, you yeah. know, we have such a misconception when you turn a TV on or a website today and, and you got pastors with mega churches and they got mega jets and, and mega houses and everything. And you get that concept that that's what pastoring is. And, and anyone that's in the reality of pastoring knows this, everything but that, you know, <laughs> yeah. um, that ministry is painful. Jesus was constantly betrayed. He was constantly misunderstood, you know, and, yeah. and it's the same with us and ministry, but it comes back to knowing that, you, you know, God is faithful to us, not because of our title, our position, our success, or even our failure. It's because we're his sons. That's so we're good. his daughters. That yeah, he, he is so committed good. to that sonship, as you said. I love Romans 8.32. It said, he who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, his son, graciously give us all things? Yeah. You know, he gave his son so that he can now provide for his sons. Yeah, that's so good. It's powerful. That's so good. And I think that, you know, us trusting in what we preach is is a necessary thing. You know, it's like we're so good at giving this away. It's just receiving it for ourselves. But you're absolutely right. And so just knowing that God is God is for you. God is for you. And the reason we know God is for you is God is for himself. And he's finding glory in you being the pastor that he called you to be. And so since he's being glorified in you being the pastor he called you to be, he's not interested in letting you fall and fail and and burn out and and go down the dark path of depression and deal with the anxieties of departure and the pain of departure. He he's he wants to keep us from those things because if he's for us, who could be against us? If he since he's for us, what does it matter? that people are against you since he's for you what does it matter that people left your church since he's for you what does it matter that everything didn't go right since he's for you what does it matter that you know people didn't like this or they weren't part of that or they didn't you didn't get enough people to sign up for that thing or you thought this was going to be better you thought your church was going to grow faster and whatever since he's for you what does it matter all those things because because he's good and he's getting glory out of your life and And one of the phrases you taught me when I was younger um, was, does the kingdom win? When I'm dealing with something, people are leaving, whatever, the real question is like, is the kingdom winning? You know, like the kingdom didn't lose anything when, you know, I'm going using the pain of departure when so, if someone leaves my church or the kingdom isn't losing just because, you know, I'm going through a tough season. Like, is the, you know, like God's, God's not losing this battle just because I'm going through something. So coming to that realization is really good. Uh, and he's not going to lose. 
We right. know the end of the book. Like yeah. he's not going to lose. When, I don't care if you're, I don't care if you're pre mill, post mill, or auto yeah. guy. Either way, he ain't losing. <laughs> like, right. So it's so at the end of the day, like we know he's not losing. Therefore, we know we're not going to lose. And and so, man, being faithful to keep saying yes and maybe maybe minimizing our own expectations a little bit mm-hmm. on the pace and the tempo and the growth and the way in which things might go. To keep saying yes to what he's calling us to might be extremely helpful. Yeah, no question. You know, real quick and, and um, just some reminders yeah, for five, some pastors. Five. Yeah, we got five reminders. We just want to give you guys. Yeah. Yeah. First one is that God sees you. Come on. You know, I mean he he's watching everything, and sometimes we're like that Job. You know, I look in front, look behind, look to left, to right, and I can't find you, God. Yeah. And man, every pastor's in that position That's thousands it. of times, and but you know the way that I take. Mm, you so see good. me. You see every step that I've made. That's every so good. tear I've cried. Everything I've done trying to do right. Yeah. You you see me. That's and so just want to remind you, pastors, God is with you. He's with us. He sees you every day, every moment. Nothing that you're bringing to him today is caught him by surprise. Yeah, come on. That's so good. That's so good. What a, what a revelation and a realization. Um, God sees you. And I think about, I think about, I think about us as pastors, you know, on our back porch or in our study. Mm-hmm. You know, when the when the sermon didn't go well or we get that bad news or we hear about the family that might be leaving or we're struggling with an addiction or whatever it is that we're going through as pastors. I'm I'm thinking about you, Pastor, who who in the in the tear filled moments of anxiety yeah. he sees you. He does. You know, we know we, we it's not hard for us to feel like he sees us when we're on the stage. Right. When we're behind the podium. Yeah, we're behind church the church is growing, things are going great. God sees me he's right now. He's got me man. right now. Yeah. But he, yeah. he he's he doesn't see you any less. Right. He That's sees right. you at the same amount. Like he's fully aware of you um at your lowest point. Yeah. And if you're at that lowest point, we want you to know God sees you. Yeah. And and when we feel that way, the second promise is not only does he see us, he hears us. He hear, yeah. You know, the psalmist said, I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined to me and he heard my cry. Yeah. And he, he hears, you know, there's so many times we feel like the heavens have become brass and mm. God does, our prayers don't go mm. anywhere, Yeah, you know, and boy, I've been there, you know, and, but he heard every word that we've cried, Come on. every cry we've let out of our mouth. God has heard it. He's listening. He's mm. hearing us. He sees us. But he also hears us when we call on him and we cry out to him. He's That's not good. ignorant or deaf to our voice. That's so good. You know, we can, I can be in a room with 100 people or 1,000 people, but I can promise you if one of my children walk in that room and they yell, they scream out loud, I'm going to know that sound above all the other sounds in that room, and I'm going to respond to it. Yeah, come on. It's the cry of one of my children. Beautiful. You know. Beautiful. Love that. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, and that that takes us to the to the third part because we know that he sees us, and we know that he hears us, but he also carries you. Yeah, number three is that he he, he carries you. You know, I uh, 
I was always, uh, I remember growing up and, and reading the poem Footprints in the Sand. Yeah. You know, and yeah. and uh, if you don't know the poem, I'm sure you do. This is Pastor's Podcast. And so I'm sure some of you, you might have it on your office wall right now. Yeah. But, uh, you know, there's footprints in the sand and, and the guy had the dream or the vision. He's, there's two sets of footprints and he was walking with the Lord and, and he looks behind him and he sees only one set of footprints. He says, God, why did you leave me there? And he says, I didn't leave you. That's where I carried you. Right. It's a beautiful, beautiful yeah poem um you know but uh the reality is there's only ever been one set of footprints right because we've never walked on our own that's right he's carried us the whole time from the whole time when we're doing good and when when it's struggle yeah he was carrying us out of the gate man there has never been a moment you were walking god's always carried you and if he's carried you to the place that you're at and i think this is this is the encouragement if he's carried you to the place that you're at he'll also carry you into the next season you only stay here if you get out of his arms yeah. So let him carry you into the next one and into the next one and into the next one. And just, you know, stopping is the only thing you have control over. But going forward and into the next season, uh, that's a faith perspective. It is. Yeah. So. I, I love what the prophet Isaiah said in Isaiah 46. He said, I have made you and I will carry you. I will sustain you and I will rescue you. Come on. That's Let's the go. word of God. That's the promise that he gave us that he sees you. He hears you. And he will carry you. Yeah. That's every so minute, every moment. Yeah. That's so good. Yeah. And that, that, that brings us to number four. When we're feeling empty, that's yeah. that God fills you. Right. And I think it's so easy to get, to, to try to be filled with energy, try to be filled with charisma, try to be filled with uh, likes and followers and, and all the things try to be filled with notoriety, try to be filled with fame, try to be filled with, you know, whatever. Um, and the reality is, you know, we need to be filled with, with, with the Lord. I mean, the Lord, I know it sounds very Christian cliche ish, but it's the idea of being filled up, you know, um, is it Max Licato? I think uh, I have to double check the author. His, there's a book called Leading on Empty. And and I think, man, one of the worst things we can do as a pastor is try to lead uh, from an empty place. And so, man, you know, making sure that we're not leading from uh, that empty place, but we're actually filled up, letting God fill us um, and knowing that he's got a Wayne Cordero is who wrote that. Um, but knowing that, that we're we're, we're being filled from the Lord. And, and that's why, you know, Romans 15, 13, may the God of hope fill you with joy and peace as you trust him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy spirit. Mm. And our, our connection to God is where we're being filled up, you know, on, on, on our staff right now, we have a statement, you know, that it says that we never lead on empty. You know, right. we, we minister out of the overflow, not out of the reservoir. That's good. And, yep. um, and I think as pastors, man, focusing on, you know, you need to be, you need to be pastoring and leading out of an abundance of who God is in you, not out of know-how. Right. And, and we've all been guilty, yeah, you know, oh, yeah. standing in that pulpit or in a counseling office or whatever, knowing you didn't feel anything. Yep. You know, I'm just here because I know how to preach. I know how to put a sermon together. Yep. And uh, you can only do that so long. Man, listen, I, you know, growing up, growing up as a, as a pastor's kid, you know, I, I, I've watched, I, I never, never really experienced you leading on empty, but uh, there were moments as I got older and I, we knew I was going to be in ministry where you, you exposed to me in one particular season, the level of burnout you were going through. And, um, 
And I've always just kind of put in my own mind, I wanted to have little red flags up that whenever I started getting close to these places, I was going to reassess and, and figure out what I need to do. And I, and I hit that. I mean, I, I was only pastoring for, oh man, uh, two years. Now, granted, those two years were hell, man. <laughs> like, uh, like, like those, the first two years of pastoring for me, three honestly three years i feel like i've only been pastoring for two years because the first three years you know my son um my son went to be with the lord three months after i became the lead pastor after being sick for three and a half years um we got uh kicked out of our we almost got kicked out of our building six months after that and then we actually got kicked out of the building six months after that we launched a portable church in eight weeks and then we were there for nine months and COVID hit, uh, no, I'm sorry, six months after that, we went through a terrible staff transition. We had a couple people on staff that um, just dealt with an ugly staff transition. And then three months after that, COVID hit. Uh, and then- And we, we were in a theater and we, you couldn't We meet. were in a theater, we couldn't meet. We're in Florida down here. So while the rest of the <laughs> rest of the country was shut down, you know, our our area was, you know, there, we were shut down for a little bit, but they were going back to church earlier than most other states right. were. Um, and people were like, when are we going back to church? And we we're like, ah, whatever. Because we <laughs> AMC headquarters is like in New York or something. So we're yeah. following New York protocol and we couldn't go back to church. And finally, we bought a building during the pandemic. And, and so then coming out of, you know, kind of coming out of the pandemic or at least the worst of it, um, you know, we, we didn't, I didn't really. And you know, then you go into post COVID church, which that doesn't feel like real church, you know? And so right. you're pastoring people through a transition of trying to get back to life again. And so, you know, that took, you know, into well into, uh, you know, 2021. And so I feel like I've only been doing this for two years, but there was a moment in 2020 I'll never forget, um, where, um, I was showing up to preach and we were doing the the live stream thing and so mm -hmm. i was showing up to pre-record my mess actually we were preaching live that was a sunday i was showing up we were going live it wasn't pre-recorded uh going out onto the airwaves and i was walking in and as i was walking in i was like i don't want to be here i don't want to be here i don't care um, you know, I'm walking through the door and our, our production team is there and people are on cameras and the worship team is there and they're getting ready to do their set, you know, in front of the cameras and all the stuff. And I literally, I, I just shook my head cause I was like, I, I just don't want to be here. I don't want to do this. I don't care. Um, I don't want to preach today. I don't want to do, I don't want to hoorah this. I don't want to pretend I don't want, I, this sucks. This is not fun. I don't yeah. care about that. Like, you know, I was like, I, I signed up to pastor people, not preach to a camera. Um, and I'm not doing, I'm not doing any of the things that fuel me. I'm doing all the things that drain me and just so frustrated in that season. And I wasn't angry. I just was very apathetic. I just mm -hmm. didn't care. I, I just didn't want to do it. Um, and I did because <laughs> sometimes you preach out of know-how and not anointing. Right. Uh, and, and go figure that we get all these responses from people. And that's the greatest message. I'm like, yeah, oh, all right, whatever. <laughs> uh, and, and sure it was, cause it was definitely the Holy spirit and not Brad Livingston. I can tell you that right now. Uh, and I went home and I floated in my pool that day and I told God, I don't know what's missing, but I'd never want to do this again. Yeah. So show me, this is a me problem, not a right. pandemic problem. Right. 
show me what needs to change in me. And, and, and he had showed me how I had gotten so caught up in trying to lead a church during very difficult times that I had let myself run out mm-hmm. of, his, of, of my connection with him as right. a source. Um, and I was just leading from a place of, of, of know-how and knowledge and leadership in the corporate world. I did a lot of leadership stuff, so I know how to do all that. I know systems and structures and team building, and I can do that you know, with the best of them. Um, but I hadn't been filled up. And listen, I'm telling you guys out there, you can be the best leadership guru, theology expert, theologian, professor, all that stuff. If you're not filled up, you're eventually going to run out. Yeah. of being able to do it that way and you're yeah. going to need something else. Well, I, I think what you're, you're really on something here, you know, and I know our time's running tight, but you know, we went through, uh, I was in severe burnout mm-hmm. and at the same time, my grandson, your son, Javen is extremely sick. I'm, I'm at home with him mm-hmm. while I'm going through ministry burnout. Yep. I'm sitting at home hours a day, you know, holding my grandson cause that's where I wanted to be. That's where I needed to be. You were there with your son, but also at the church in the transition, taking over lead pastor. At that same time, we went through that whole journey you just talked about from one location to another, getting kicked out. Then all of a sudden you got COVID, you don't have a building. Then we have a building, but can we even get in it? Because we didn't have the contract signed. And then we finally get in it. Now we got to remodel it and this whole thing. And, but just take, three minutes and where is it today? Cause I think it's important for pastors to hear that yeah. we went on a three, three and a half, four year journey just of hell, hell, hell man of hell yeah. that was so easy to just go, okay, we can walk <laughs> yeah. away from this, you know, yeah. but just give a quick testimony. It's not a bragging thing. It's let, I, I wanted to give hope to pastors sure. that maybe we're in the middle of that journey right now. Mm. Cause I love what you say to the staff often we're not doing anything different today than we did four years ago. Yeah. It's just the grace true. of God. It's just a, a sovereign move of God that he's smiling on us now. And if you endure, he said yeah. he's faithful to those who endure. Yeah, absolutely. That, that know that God is for me. Yeah. And I'm not going to bail. I'm not going to quit. I don't have to feel the goosebumps every day to still know that God is with me. Yeah. No, Absolutely. And, uh, and, and you add to that, the one thing we didn't mention is the year before I took over pastor, we went through the, the worst family, the worst thing you can imagine as a pastor Yeah. for your family. Yeah. You went through that Yeah. before the one year before. I mean, it was yeah. just, I, you know, we, we could go story after story of honestly, probably a decade worth of just, yeah. you know, my brother, your other, you know, my, your adopted son, my my brother, motorcycle wreck, died. And, 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 and chance to live for 24 days. He was in a days. coma, and God, you know, miraculously brought him back to life. And, and ju- ju- I mean, you, we don't we don't have time. We yeah. you know, we'll, One day we'll do a whole <laughs> podcast just dedicated to the crap we've been through. But, that would take a day. But, um, but yeah, um, you know, we launched the church, and we came out of COVID. We came out of COVID, um, you know, at 60% of where we were before COVID, um, numerically. Which um, was about? Oh, man, I hate giving numbers on stuff just, like this. Yeah. But, but all right, so we, we came out of COVID at uh, around 260-ish. 250, right. 260 is what we came out of COVID right. with. 
Um, Pre-COVID, we were at like 325. Um, We came out 250, 260. Um, At the beginning of 2022, we were at 450. Um, And today at the beginning of, and, and, and so January 22nd of this year, of 2023. Um, so yeah, 20, sorry, my mind is blank. The end of 2021, 250, beginning of 2022, uh, 350, middle of 2022, 450, beginning of 2023, 950. Yeah. Sovereign move of God. Like man. just total, total move of God. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and yeah. And, three uh, services, three services, just, just doing, you know, doing our, doing the thing and, and but what you said is right and and at the end of the day we're not doing anything different we haven't changed anything we got the right people in the right seats on the bus right. i will say that our team yeah. is, is phenomenal and if you're a pastor out there and you feel like you're flying solo i'll tell you this we i built a gangster volunteer team I, when I had three staff members or two staff members, we were doing almost the exact same amount of ministry we are right now. Cause I spent almost all of my time building leaders yeah. for like a year. Yeah. And there were certain things I couldn't get to pastorally that I just sent other people to like, Hey, I need you to visit this person. I need you to do this. I, I spent a whole year building leaders and that lead those leaders helped lead the church to get us to the point that then we could hire people. Like it was, it was a process, but all, I say all that to say, you're right. You know, we have a phrase around here that faithfulness, faithfulness leads to fruitfulness, not the other way around sure. fruitfulness does not lead to faithfulness. So you don't wait till things go good and then you get faithful. You get faithful and eventually things will 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 get good. Yeah. Uh, whatever that means. That you know, we're in a supernatural move of God right now. I don't I don't, you know, I pray God blesses every church the way he's blessing us right now, but at the end of the day, we're well aware this is something that may not happen everywhere, but what you need and what God's going to do in your house, he's going to do it Cause he's for you and man, it's so, it's so good. And I'm just, I'm overwhelmed. I'm, I'm tearing up on the podcast right now just trying to keep it together, honestly, because what we're talking about is just such a, such a, a huge part of my heart, you know, and, and remembering honestly kind of feeling and remembering, uh, what it felt like in that season, uh, being two years in and experiencing the imposter syndrome and the doubts and the, you know, I don't, you know, feeling, I don't know if I'm the dude, you know, I remember sitting down with one of my overseers and be like, I, I think I missed it, man. Like I know I've felt the call of God when I was 15, but now I'm, <laughs> I'm 32 and I think it's all a lie, bro. I need to go back to the corporate world, you know? Um, and, and he told me the same thing. He said, if you ever wake up one day and, and you feel like you're the man, then you, something's probably wrong. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you should, there should always be a little bit of feeling like, I'm not sure that I'm the right person for this, but God chose me and I'm going to keep saying yes. Yeah. Um, and, but that should put you in a posture of being before the Lord and being connected to the Lord. Therefore you're filled up. Right. Therefore, you're pouring out of what God's putting inside of you, which is, you know, the, I know we took time on that, but I, I feel like it was just some of no, someone, you, we need good, to hear man. it. Yeah. You know, we fa- need to hear it. Pastors need to hear it. They need transparency and reality. You know, yeah. it's so easy to hear all the testimonies of what's good, but you don't know the journey. Yeah. Of what people oh, have gone through sucks, to get man. there. You know? <laughs> yeah. No, that, Craig, Craig Shell hit me one time with a, a statement. He said, the joy is in the journey and the glory is in the grind, the prize is the reward. You know, you know, just this whole thing he says. And 
I remember it just broke me. And I, I think I've shared that before. It just broke me because uh, I dreaded the journey. I want the destination, but he said the joy is in the journey. You, you're going to, yeah. you know, um, you, you're going to find so much power in the journey. And so the journey has been tough. It has been multiple times where I was like, this sucks. But, <laughs> um, but God's been so faithful to carry me, my wife, my family, our church. God did so much in our church when I wasn't even pastoring well because I could. I couldn't even see straight. Yeah. Our, ex- our My XP, Justin, my executive pastor, he held the whole church together for 18 months after Jabin passed. Like right. I couldn't even see straight. Um, and so God was faithful to do in that season amazing things too. And I wasn't even... Right. I was, I wasn't even great. I wasn't a great leader. So for those of you out there, you're like, well, I'm just struggling. I'm doing this. Listen, it's not about, you know, God's going to, God can do so much, you know, when we surrender to him and let him take control. And it's, I think that's yeah. so good. So. Well, you, you, you've just quoted point five, the five reminders that we want to give pastors. One is God sees you Two, God hears you three. God carries you Four, God wants to fill you. And then number five, God is for you. Yeah. And he's for us for us. If God be for us, who, who can, can be, be against, against us? That's right. And we can win this thing. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we absolutely. can win. You know? And I think that, that brings us to, you know, what we just kind of wanted to give you guys. And and um, I think every podcast moving forward, I think we're going to kind of give you like a, a things to realign your focus. And so we're doing that today with the five reminders. And we also kind of want to give you four lies of the enemy to watch out for. Particularly, you know, when I was reading your blog, I, I put these together. Um, cause I think it's so easy to get caught up in the lies because the lies become the trap. Um, and so, you know, number one, your lie, the, 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 I think the number one lie we have that we deal with is that your value comes from what you do. Right. And that's then, good. That's, yeah. it's not true. Your value doesn't come from what you do. I remember watching, I, I remember you, you know, another podcast on another day, um, you had gone through some real difficult stuff, uh, you know, ministerially board disaster church, just, I mean, it was an absolute cluster. Um, it was a crap shoot, just, you know, all the bad words you can think of. That's what it was. And it was, uh, and, um, you know, I remember during that season, I was to tell you how old it was. I was watching this movie brink on the Disney channel. If any pastors that remember that from 1998 or whatever. Um, and long story short, there was this, there's a scene in there where the dad was talking about how he had to re- retire from his, he was one of the biggest construction guys in the city or whatever. And he was talking about how he got injured and he couldn't do that job anymore. And he had to go find a new job. And he said, you know, I wasn't great because of, I, I, he said, what I did didn't define me. He said, I, I had learned to shake hands and say, hi, I, I'm Bill. I'm the construction, at, you know, so-and-so construction company. And when that wasn't there anymore, I didn't know who I was. Right. And I realized what I do doesn't make me who I am. Right. Who I am helps me do what I do. And, good. and that, that has always stuck in my brain as I've watched, as I saw that and I watched you navigate you know those things and and you kind of have re-solidified that in me your value doesn't come from what you do um your identity rests as a child of god not as right. a pastor it's good yeah. um so yeah we can't work hard enough to please god 
we please God by just obeying and, and being faithful to him. <laughs> Come on. Just yeah. and who we are. Yeah. You know. And that takes us to lie number two. Lie number two is that your value is directly connected to your performance. Same thing I just said. <laughs> That's what I say. It's like, and it's not. Your value isn't yeah. connected to your performance. You know, um, you know, God's called you, but your execution of that calling isn't what makes you God's masterpiece. Yeah. I'm going to say it again. God called you, but your execution of that calling doesn't make you God's masterpiece. Right. Yeah. The grace that he's lavished upon you and you as a son of God makes you yeah. his masterpiece. Yeah, the size of your church isn't going to determine what subdivision you get in heaven. That's right. Come on. That's so good. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, I'm going to tweet that out. Yeah, <laughs> the size yeah. of your church doesn't determine the size of your mansion or the subdivision you live in in heaven. That's good. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, you're his child adopted into sonship. You perform and lead out of that position, right? Mm. Not to earn that position. And so that's that we, you know, we want you to understand your performance in your value aren't uh, tied directly together. Um, number three, the, a lie is that God holds back his love for you when you fall. I love what Chris Hodges says when he tells the story of his son who got lost. Oh yeah. You know that, uh, all of his other children didn't matter at that time. What right. they needed didn't matter. They're his son, one of his sons was lost and, and yeah. we had to find him. That's the only thing that mattered. Yep. And when we are hurting or we feel lost, God shuts down everything in heaven because he's got to find his son. Yeah. He's got to come to us and let us know that we're okay. Yeah. And, and I would even dare say for you pastors out there that have fallen. Yeah. Moral failure. You know, you missed it. You made the wrong call. Yeah. You know, that uh, God doesn't love you less now. Right. Than right. he did when you preached your best message. That's right. Like it doesn't, your value, your, your, his love for you hasn't changed. And yeah. that's a lie the enemy would love to convince us of. Absolutely. Right. Because um, your failures don't define you, you know, and, and I think it's so easy to get convinced to be like Adam in the garden when we fall. Right. Right. And, and go hide ourselves. Yeah. And, 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 you know, we, we, we're trying to, we got to hide from the Lord in shame and that's just not, that's not the way God sees us. Yeah. You know, when, when Peter denied Christ publicly, he won the debate around the table with the disciples of, uh, Hey, if Jesus, me, God is going to go with you to the cross. It's me. He won the debate, but he lost the war, you yeah. know, but when Peter denied Christ publicly, like he did in the Jewish culture, that was considered an unforgivable sin. Mm -hmm. And yet, Jesus used him on the day of Pentecost. Book of Acts, let's go. The book yeah. of Acts. And and I preached a message one time years ago on on the towel and the basin, you know, when you know, when Jesus met with Peter after that. Mm -hmm. It's not in scripture, so I have to put Dan Livingston theology in here. Yeah. You know, I, I believe there was a meeting after the failure before the Pentecost. I, yeah. I believe Jesus and Peter had a go-to meeting mm. and I could see the disciples going, man, he's taking him to the woodshed. Peter's fixing to get the whooping of his life. But what did he get when he met with Jesus? Jesus had a basin of water and a towel and he washed his feet. He just mm. committed the unforgivable sin in the culture of his people. And instead of getting out of belt, he got a basin of water yeah. and a towel and he washed his feet. Come on. And that allowed him to be usable again. Out yeah. of all the other ones that did not fail like that, he didn't use them that day. Yeah, He wanted to show the grace and the mercy 
of his love for son so good. who had messed up. That's so good. That's so good. And lie number four that the enemy wants you to believe is that you're alone. Yeah. Yeah. What was it? 37% in the latest statistic by Barna of pastors said they would leave the ministry today if they could financially survive another way. Yeah. Because, and the number one reasons were isolation and anxiety. Yeah. I feel like I'm by myself. Yeah, exactly. And we want you to know a pastor to pastor. We want you to know you're not alone. That's right. You're not alone. And man, if you're in, if you're in that place where you just feel like you've got nothing left, you got nothing to show for you. You don't know what to do. I'm, you're all out of options. Then I, I want, man, we want to encourage you reach out to us and we can get you a, we'll, we want to connect with you, but B, we can also get you connected to a network a network where we, we can hop on some zoom calls and, and, and walk you through whatever you might be going through. If it's burnout, if it's more failure, if it's any of those things, we want to walk you, but maybe, maybe you're not in any of those dangerous places, but you can, you're like me in the pool that day. You can, those red flags are up and you're going, man, I, I, I'm okay, but I don't want to do it like this the rest of my life. I know that. And if you're there, man, we want to, we want to connect with you and we want to, we want to walk with you. And, and when we have pastors in a lot of areas around the United States that we can even help connect you with. Right. And so, uh, man, get, get, get connected with us. We want to connect with you. Go to pastor to pastor dot life, um, you know, on online and, um, and make sure that you're connecting with us and let us get connected with you. Cause we want you to know you're not alone. You're yeah. not alone. A God is with you, but we're with you. And that's part, that's what we're here for. That's what pastor to pastor exists for is to help pastors stay connected. We know every pastor needs a friend they can trust. Right. And uh, pastor Aaron James said something to me a long time ago, one of my dearest friends. Um, and he said, you need someone in your life that knows enough about you that could, they could destroy you, but loves you so much that they won't. Right. And I know that can be hard to find as a pastor. It can be hard to be transparent when, especially someone in your city, someone in your church, you can't do those things or at least you feel like you can. But I'm here to tell you, you got people over here. You, you don't have to worry about your name being in the newspaper the next day. You don't have to worry about losing everything. You know, we'll, we'll help walk you through anything we can help walk you through. And so connect with us because we want to connect with you. Good. So we'll pass it in. Thank great you. day. No, great. thank you. This is great, awesome. Great podcast. I hope all of you guys are encouraged today. Um, <clears throat> if you want more information, go to pastor to pastor dot life. Uh, you can check us out on Instagram, pastor to pastor. And uh, man, we love to, like I said, we'd love to connect with you and anything that you need, go to the website, send us an email and we'll connect with you. But man, we'll check out, uh, check all you guys out uh, at the next podcast that's going to be dropping next month. And so you can catch us there for a new, another episode the pastor to pastor podcast yeah. let us hear from you yeah uh, you know the the website's new mm-hmm. and uh so let us hear how, how's it affecting or helping we'd love to get some feedback absolutely absolutely yeah. send us an email we'd love to connect with you so you guys have a good one we'll catch you on the next one once again thank you for joining us for this episode of the pastor to pastor podcast please subscribe to the channel to catch more episodes as they drop on the first wednesday of each month If you want more information about Pastor to Pastor or want to join our network to receive content more regularly, or if you want to partner with us or support pastors around the country, then go to pastortopastor.life to get more info. We hope to catch you on the next episode where we will connect again from pastor to pastor.